Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gamblernet in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Three, two, one. All right. It's Auburn LSU week, only a couple of days away from the big game. This is the Auburn Live Modcast. Jeffrey Lee Cole Pinkston. I'm Justin Hokinson. As always, fellas, what's happening? The Modcast. The Modcast. Good morning. What's up, Cole? I like your background, Cole. Well, I like your decorating. You You did all that, right? You picked all that out? Yeah, well, you know, tired of this. This Justin Hokinson guy telling me I needed to fix my lighting and all that. So. <laughs> <laughs> you look great. Thank you. Justin's got the uh, the 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 profile. Is that what it's called? Portrait mode on. Yeah, I blurred the background. I'm not trying to. He's uh, doing Cole, the sideline. Cole's like, here's my house. I'm like, no. You're leaving it to the reporter. interpretation of the watcher to determine what's on your TV back there. I just will let you. True. That's <laughs> true. Dangerous big dog. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know somebody's gonna like somebody's gonna try to like sharpen it up and go. That's uh, it's ESPN. All right, we're gonna talk a bunch of Auburn LSU, but as we always do, let's talk a little prize picks. Prize picks. Well, we are uh, we're recording a little earlier this week, so the projections, most of the projections for college football are not out yet. They usually come out later on Thursday. Uh, we are rec- recording Thursday morning, just FYI. But if you uh, haven't listened to us, or if you have, you know about the Prize Picks, man. Go download that app. Prize Picks gives you projections on college football games, Auburn, LSU. I'm guessing there's going to be several projections for it. It's pretty easy, man. You're going to basically be taking uh, more or less. They're going to give you projections on passing yards, rushing yards, to say for Jaden Daniels. And uh, you can just take more or less. And uh, Prospects also has big promotion for our listeners, our watchers. Use the promo code WARIGLE, all caps, one word, and uh, they will match up to $100 of your first deposit. Uh, Prospects will give you 100 bucks if you deposit 100 bucks, So you'll have 200 bucks. Uh, 50 bucks, you'll have 100 bucks. Uh, how does it work? You pick two to six players, and they will uh, they will go more or less than their prospects' projections. You just pick one. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You can make multiple picks. Uh, in the state of Alabama, keep in mind that you have to do the combo pick. So it'll be, uh, you know, Cole Piston and Jeffrey Lee will talk more or less than three minutes today. <laughs> Uh, but it's a uh, lot of fun, man. Cole and I, uh, Justin, too. Uh, we've been playing this for about two years now. Can win some money. And uh, so keep an eye out for pr- prize picks today. Uh, later today, well, what's this, Friday? It'll be released on Friday. It'll be up, man. There'll be some good projections for the Auburn LSU game. You can pick NFL. You can pick NBA, PGA, college football, college basketball all throughout the year. 
they've got projections. It's just you versus the projections. Keep that in mind. Uh, so prize picks, go check it out. Hundred dollars up to your uh, up to a hundred dollars match for your first deposit. Prize picks. Prize picks. I'm gonna do it. Um, I'm down for winning some money. <laughs> We kind of split up. I thought te- I, I had I had Bama right. I had Texas wrong of, of the kind of big games last week. I would have lost. Told you Oklahoma was going to win that game, Justin. That was a great one. I would have Man, I'm so glad that game's. I mean, I I don't know how everybody feels. I, having them in the SEC is fun. I mean, that game being an SEC game and those two tests, that's fun. That game's awesome. What yeah, uh what what if I put the prospects projection Jaden Daniels rushing yards at 67. Uh, less. less. Whatever I tell you, what whatever the passing is this week for him, I go more. I go less on the rushing because I think they are going to contain him. I don't think they can stop him from throwing the ball though. Yeah, you got to do one or the other, right? I mean, that's the thing. You pick your poison with this, and you you got to contain him because if you don't, I mean that that's that's wrestling. You got to try to keep him in there. Cole, if you're Ron Roberts, how are you going to try to contain his legs? Are you going to put a spy on him, and if so, who? Yeah, you have to have a spy. The way I explained it on the board is if you're going to have a spy, then you can probably send more of a blitz if that's the case because he's your contained man then. If you're not sending a blitz, you have to contain, and that's going to be even tougher for a four-man blitz to get home when you do that, but you don't you don't really have a choice. So that that's kind of the way I would play it, um, you know, LSU is one of the worst in the SEC in giving up sacks. I saw that. Gave up 14. So <sighs> negative yards count in college football if we're talking about more or less on the rushing. Thank you. The, the things that LSU doesn't do well, I don't know if Auburn's in position to take advantage. You talk about LSU giving up a lot of sacks. Well, that's Auburn's weak, weak spot is pass rush. And then you yeah. talk about LSU's defense is struggling. Well, Auburn's offense is kind of a mess still. So that's like the big question. There's a few things LSU doesn't do well, but I don't know if Auburn is positioned to actually take advantage of those things. Well, I've watched Auburn incrementally get better every week. Um, so I'm, I'm going off of the logic that they might get a little bit better at things this week, especially after a bye week. Um, using logic is very dangerous when you're talking about college football and recruiting, but that's where I'm going with this. And Auburn football, especially this year. And Auburn football, you can add that to it. <laughs> Are you putting Asante on him? Yeah, that'd that'd be your spot. It can't be Nixon. I think he needs to stay in the box. Asante can move around a little bit better, so that's the guy. Or that's, or Jalen McLeod because they drop the guys a little bit. I'll admit, I'm not a big fan of the spot. If that's what they do, I don't like it. It's so hard. I mean, that that you better have a freak spine. I mean, you're you don't know where he's going. You're getting caught up, and that spy's got to be. I just see so many teams in the past try to do it, and then it just it, it doesn't work because the guy spying gets his eyes caught with something else, or he moves a couple steps to the left, and then the quarterback takes off the other way, and he gets caught in traffic, and you're you're completely a lot of know, responsibility on that guy. Yeah, yeah. and it, yeah, I, I feel like I, I, there's more responsibility if you don't send a blitz. If you're sending a blitz, you get him off kilter a little bit, then it's a little bit easier. You can sort of funnel him to the inside where the spy is or funnel him to the outside where the spy is, if that makes sense. I don't want to get too technical, but that's how it worked in my mind at least. My biggest concern with LSU for Auburn and why I don't like the matchup, I did, LSU's offense can score points. They have, I, and I'm basing this mainly off of the Ole Miss game. was so much defense in that game and all, but I'm going, man, can Auburn's offense keep up with that? Not no, not on a even not not fair not like all things being equal no, no. And then and then you put him at Baton Rouge at night with how Peyton Thorne has played on the road these you know uh, what two games on the road this year. I I said it earlier this week. I just don't see it. I don't really see it either. It's going to be a. It's you gotta. That's what I'm so curious about this game is I, I, I thought the – I want to love the, the game plan against Georgia I thought was really good, but yeah. you were plus – you got those two big turnovers that you turned into touchdowns, and uh, they missed a couple plays. A lot of things went right for you in that game in terms of how it played out to let you stay close. 
I want to see another. I want to see if they can build on that game plan. But I, I think they're going to have to be at least plus two again in the turnover margin for for either to take opportunities away from them. Obviously, at the minimum, the maximum you then get to turn those into touchdowns. I, I, it's hard for me to see a path if both teams have a turnover or if you're even in the turnover margin. It's hard for me to see a path based on what we've seen. Auburn's offense would have to come out and look completely different than they have all year, and that's unpredictable. I mean, if you're predicting that, then, you know, then you're just guessing because we haven't seen that to say they're going to look. They could look better. There's some things they could do better, but if you were to come out and go, no, I think Auburn's going to go roll 28, there's nothing really to go off of to, to predict that. I think it's – Colin, you correct me if I'm wrong here. This is me in a pretty general view here. But for Auburn to win, they've got to be plus two turnovers, I would imagine. The penalties have to be almost non-existent like they were against Georgia. The third down defense is going to have to be better. The third down offense is going to have to be much better. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot That's a lot of things to for, for Auburn to improve on in one game, on the road, in the – Probably the most raucous atmosphere in the SEC when it comes to night games. Probably maybe in the country. Here's the interesting stat that I, I think it's how good. I think the question is how good is Auburn's defense? Because I'm looking yeah. at let's say the best. The, I mean, obviously the two best games that Auburn's played are are the two best opponents Auburn's played A and M and Georgia, right? Georgia's averaging 502 yards per game. Texas A and M is averaging 420. Well, Auburn held them way below those averages in both games. What's A and M's average? Four twenty. Four twenty. Yeah, they held Georgia at about four. About four. They held Georgia about a hundred yards under. So they LSU's the average five forty eight. Uh, I think that's true because I'm looking at Auburn's defensive total. They're twenty fifth in the country, um, averaging their opponents to three hundred twenty two yards per game. So, I think the question is, how good is Auburn's defense? Hmm. Uh, you will find out how good they are this time. I, I think you you had a good you have a good inkling from watching them play against Georgia, but this is on the road, a little bit different. Uh, obviously, had a worse game at A and M. I think, especially in the passing game, which is where I think LSU is going to hurt Auburn this mm-hmm. week. So, you know, that's that's the question for me. For Auburn to. <sighs> For Auburn to win, Cole is uh, what's their best chances at winning here? Doing what? Melting the clock, mm, shortening the game, which they have been very good at because they can run the football and they stop the run. The, my theory is if you're uh, if no matter how much times change in college football and no matter how much offenses change and become more a high flying. If you can run the football and stop the run, you have a chance to win in every single game you play. Always. And I mean a good chance, not just a chance. So Auburn can do those things. That's why I feel pretty confident that Auburn's gonna have a pretty good chance in each game left on their schedule. It's including what's interesting, this. what's interesting interesting about stopping the run, I agree. I I think Auburn at times has been good against the run. But you know they're tenth in the league in stopping the run. Yeah, that's crazy. That's not good. If I told you they're tenth in the league, that's that's there's only fourteen teams. That's not good. <laughs> now you could go to dissect who they've played rush you know, rushing teams. There's only five, six games in, so maybe they've played some teams that can run the football at a higher rate than others. I think they've given up some big rushing plays that have hurt that total. Um Definitely. I think for the most for most for the most part they're pretty good and then they, they give up some misaligned stuff and they give up some big runs that hurt that total. Um the bit, the best thing they're doing though, obviously creating turnovers. They're getting up. They're doing. They're pretty good on third downs, getting off the field. They're pretty good, and they're pretty good at keeping teams out of the red zone. They're giving up some yards, not a lot. They're about middle of the road SEC giving up yards and points, but they're one of the better teams in the league at limiting scores in the red zone, turnovers, and third downs. That is what's saving that defense and keeping points off the board. That's why when you hear Hugh Freeze talk about the margin of error so slim. Offensively, same thing, right? They're, they're running the ball. Um, they're controlling the clock. There's some things that if they do, that they're in there. But the second they go into a game and don't get turnovers, if they go into LSU and don't force a turnover, like it, it could get ugly. Or if they if they don't force a turnover, or if they 
if they have a bad third down or if they give up a couple touchdowns, whatever, those couple things they do well, if those don't go right, it could go bad the other way. Because I don't know that Auburn's going to fix – Auburn is what they are in terms of defense, yards, and points. They don't have the talent or depth really to be better than probably fifth or sixth. That's probably where they are. It's probably a little better than I probably thought they'd be. But they got to keep doing the other things, force a couple turnovers, be pretty good on third downs, bend but don't break, give up some field goals, that's fine, don't give up touchdowns, limit some scoring opportunities, be good in a couple of areas that can keep you in the game. LSU, though, they got weapons to attack, all of that. It's, I think the worst thing that Ron Roberts could do in this game is change his strategy. I truly believe that because without the turnovers, where is Auburn? Right now. Oh no no! Keep doing it. It's 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 saving him, and whatever he's doing is creating opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You're good call on that, Justin. By the way, Auburn leads um, the SEC in in red zone defense. Sixty nine percent. So sixty nine percent of the time they're giving up a touchdown, which is actually pretty low when you think about somebody getting in the red zone. Huh. <clears throat> yeah, we'll see how long. You know, see how long it can last, but keep, you know, keep so, keep making it difficult right there. Seventy percent touchdown rate, and that's really low. Yeah. So <clears throat> the breakdown is thirteen attempts in the red zone, opponent attempts, um, touchdowns nine, and three field goals made, and that's good. Uh. I mean, you got to think the some of the it's almost a hundred percent for most of the teams in college football when they get to the red zone. So they found a way to get some stops in the red zone. Basically, what that's saying. Okay. <clears throat> Which is interesting because I mean, once a once an offense enters a red zone, you're going to score, right? I mean, you're going to find a way to get points on the board. That probably means that somebody has – I have to go back and look, but does that mean somebody went for it on fourth and they stopped it and got a turnover? Missed a field goal. <clears throat> Missed a field goal. That happened in, in the cow game. There you go. That's probably yeah, it. Yeah, cow kicker. Yeah, he missed, yeah. Well, a couple he missed outside the red zone. Michigan's <laughs> number one in the country by a huge, huge margin, 37% in the red zone. Yeah, they're, they've been pretty dominant, man. It's crazy. They're only touching down one out of every three. Eight. Attempts three three scores. Wow, crazy. Yeah, the, other, the other thing Auburn's done well is is they've limited they've limited the big plays for the most part. Everybody gives up some, but for the most part, they're not allowing twenty plus yard, thirty plus yard, forty plus yard plays. And that's that's just yet again that's another thing that. Is uh, is allowing them to stay within striking distance to hold teams down on yards and points, and to keep them in in these in these ball games. And that's why I'm just I'm so curious to see what happens in Baton Rouge because everything Auburn's done well. You're facing an offense that, that's explosive that can create big plays. It scores a ton of touchdowns. I think LSU's scored 35 touchdowns so far on offense. Auburn scored 19 by comparison, by the way. That's 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 <laughs> I mean, scary. Scored 16 more touchdowns than Auburn in one extra game. That is, that's an explosive. That's um, wild. Offense. Hell, they scored eight against uh, uh, Ole Miss, didn't they? <clears throat> yeah. Seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is again, looking ahead to the Ole Miss game, I'm watching that Ole Miss LSU game, going, man, Auburn's offense keep up with this. Yeah, it looks like a bad matchup there too. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. if y'all had to guess where Auburn ranks in the SEC in in third down defense. Uh, Ooh, uh, well, uh, middle of the pack. So like eight, seven, eight, something yeah. like that. Yeah, six to eight. Six to nine. Um, you may already I know. I think they've been pretty good outside. Of, uh, there was um outside Man, of the didn't they kill them against, Yeah, just they killed them against Georgia. But but early in the year they were really good. They kind of there's a couple number. I think there's a, it's a little bit skewed because yeah. I think they've been really good. They're probably second or third. Well. My question is, if some of these stats may seem a little skewed, is it possible that some of LSU's offensive stats could be a little skewed sure. based on the defenses they played? I'm just asking the question. I don't know if that's true. By the way, Auburn's fifth in the SEC, third down defense. Yeah. Top five? Yeah, and 39th in the country. 
Third down defense. But yeah, you know, yeah, I guess I was thinking of George that's, that Georgia. That's conversion in. rate. So thirty four percent. I wish they'd do third and long. It seems like Auburn just cannot stop a third and long. No. No, they cannot. Yeah, that's <laughs> they have no pass rush. They they have yeah, to drop. There you go. In third and long, they feel like they have to drop and then they have no pass rush with four. And that's where LSU's gonna have a lot of success. They just they're going to. Unless you tee off on them and you get to them. But I, I don't know, it's risk, you know. What about the third down offense, Cole? Just humor me. Okay. If you can't, and while you're doing that, Zach uh, in the back came into the chat and said, oh, "Ole Miss has opened as an early two point favorite over Auburn." Hmm. That's that's probably that's yeah. about right. Uh, it's that during here at night. That's mm-hmm. listen. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss came in there two years ago with a Matt Corral high powered offense, and and Auburn beat them, held them in check. Of course, that's the game. Also, I'll say Auburn held them in check. They did, but that's the game that Lane Kiffin went for. I don't know, like five fourth downs, cool downs multiple sure times in Auburn territory, like didn't take points multiple times, and he really helped Auburn out. Wow. Okay, Jeffrey. <laughs> Auburn is 13th yeah. in the I was going to say dead last. Right in front of Florida. Florida's <laughs> last? Florida's worse than Auburn? <laughs> Florida's last in the SEC. Auburn is ranked 105th in the country um, in third down conversion percentage, which is 34%. Not wow, good. one out of every three they're converting on. Not good. That's unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Vandy's that's, better uh, than Auburn. On third and that's what, didn't Hugh Freeze say, uh, Justin, in the Monday press conference, it was third and shorts he was pissed yeah. about or trying to get the third yeah. and shorts fixed? Like those Well, all of them. I mean, he calls them critical downs. Um, you can take from that what you want, critical downs. I mean – that that's third downs. It's 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 you know it's downs that matter on both sides of the ball. He said that's what they spent most of the time on that that off week. Obviously self scout, but it sounds like a lot a lot a lot of focus was okay. Here's who we are offensively and defensively. We have to be good on third downs. It's one of the areas that we can. It's you know try to be. It's I think of it, think of it like a golfer. Like there's a lot of elements to being a good golfer. You're just driving. There's chipping and there's putting. Right. If you can be a really good putter, you can make up for the fact that you don't drive at 320. That's right. You drive at 285, but if you're really good at ground the greens, you can make up for that. That's what this Auburn team needs to be. Then you're like, all right, we're not a big hitter, but can we be really efficient in a couple of key areas that keep us within striking distance of these games? And that's what the third downs and critical downs, that's what that is to me. Third downs and red zone. Yep. I don't. I don't think you now. Auburn in the red zone offensively. I can't think of a big gripe there. I don't know. Uh, feel like they're getting points when they get down there. I think the the lone exception being that Georgia game on third and one and fourth and one when you don't get anything. Other than in the red zone, they're getting points. Offensive, offense in the red zone. I wouldn't. I would say middle of the pack there. I, I don't think it's great. I don't think it's terrible. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm not seeing them on the first page. Or okay, they're 91, 91st in the country. <laughs> and, and the SEC does it say? Does it say? SEC uh, towards yeah, the end. I don't, I don't know. They're twelfth in scoring. Damn. Yeah, yeah. I did. Seventy-eight percent uh, of the time they score in the red zone. Doesn't sound yeah. bad, but that's not good. Touchdown. Offensive. Touchdowns, they're yeah, they're 10th in the league. They're only scoring 63% of the time a touchdown. Yikes. The only things they're good at offensively when it comes to yeah. the SEC is running the football, and they're not giving up a lot. They're middle-of-the-road tackles for loss. They're sixth in the league. Um, that's it. They're fifth it, in penalties. Despite the bad game against A&M, which some, not all those were offensive, but the offense has only committed 27 penalties, which is first in the league. It's yeah. 5.4 a game, which is fifth in the league. Obviously, they're about to play games. So if they can have a fairly clean game in LSU, they'll stay right there. So they're they're still one of the better teams and not, not committing penalties offensively. That, uh, not giving up a ton of tackles for loss, middle of the road, and running the football, they're pretty good. That's it. Everything else statistically, Man. when you look at scoring, passing, total offense, third sacks down. allowed, third down, red zone, and then you look at – explosive plays, 10-plus, 20-plus, all the way up to 60-plus yard plays, they're 10th or worse in everything I just said in the league. Uh, 19th in the country in rushing um, behind LSU and Tennessee. LSU jumped them this past week in rushing. 
because it was Tennessee. Well, Tennessee being first in rushing seems strange, but they are. Yeah, well, Milton, I guess, take, take into account. He's probably getting a little bit. Yeah. I was looking, though, uh, it is interesting because I was looking at the breakdown of, of, of stats between the two teams, uh, player stats, and they they really started leaning on that Diggs guys, their running back. Yeah. He's got uh, he's got like 400-something yards, and then Daniels has 400-something yards, and it's really nothing else. Where'd and they got guys like John Emery and Noah Kane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big-time recruits, right? John Emery's still there? Yeah, he sure is. Like that dude's been there forever. Noah Kane, too. Noah Kane. But that was under Gus. That was a, I think he played under Cadillac IMG, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He did. That's how long look, ago this kid has been. You look at Auburn's, and they got five guys over 100 yards rushing. They use a lot of different guys. So well, I was about to say, when I looked these stats up the other day, you've got Jarquez Hunter, Peyton Thorne, Damari Alston, Robbie Ashford, and Brian Battee are all in the top 31 in the league in rushing individually. Wow. Yeah. Speaking of – um, Damari Justin, he is expected to return. Is that correct? Uh, he, he said, said he's doubtful. he's not. He's doubtful. That he was, was thinking LSU one. Ole Miss. Looks like it's now going to be Ole Miss. I don't think you need to rush to bring him back either. I mean, I Brian, you. you see what Brian Batiste doing? What I hear you. you know? Keep get Austin. He needs to be healthy. No reason at all to rush him back. Batiste, Batiste playing well, man. Batiste, Very well. Uh, I mean, now you factor in rushing. Catching the ball in the backfield and some kickoff returns, but Batiste top fifteen in the league in all-purpose yards per game now. This with, with what he's doing. This is why um, I, I did this position unit ranking earlier in the season, and I put running back at number one because if you lose somebody there, you're still fine. I mean, even with Batiste and Hunter, you can throw Cobb out there and be okay. You can throw Sean Jackson out there and be okay. Absolutely. Honestly, um, but an injury to D line. Now yeah. you're worried. Now you're worried. You lose Nasili Kite, and you're like, oh man, he was playing a lot of snaps, doing really well. So like, let's talk about that. Kite's out. Keldrick Falk's in. He's already been in, but now he's really in. Uh, Zakevius Walker is going to get snaps at the backup position. Hugh Freeze mentioned Bobby Travis on Monday. He mentioned Darren Reed on Monday. Just tossing some guys out, needing some snaps. That's my guy. Um, mm-hmm. The other the other thing he talked about that's a good point, Hugh Freeze on Monday, was was the snaps that Marcus Harris is playing. Marcus Harris played the, the vast majority of the snaps against Georgia. He played as many snaps as Jason Jones and Justin Rogers combined against mm-hmm. Georgia. So that's Marcus Harris was unbelievable against Georgia. That can't last. You're only in game three of the SEC schedule. It feels like you're middle, middle mid-season, but you started the first three in non-conference. You're only two games into SEC play. You still got six to go. Um, that depth on the defensive line now that Kite's out and Harris is playing that and that about a snaps, you start to that's something we got to watch. That's something we got to watch. Can Lawrence Johnson play a few more snaps? Can Darren Reed or Bobby Travis play a few? Can, can they get in there and contribute something? Can can Zacchaeus Walker contribute? Is Keldrick Falk ready to go play 40 snaps? Like. That defensive line all of a sudden is something I want to watch and see if they, especially if the offensive continues to struggle and not put up points and put pressure on that defense. That line, I feel like, is going to be, I don't know, how long can they hold up is kind of what I'm wondering. They're going to be chasing around Jaden Daniels all day Saturday. Yeah. It's going to be some some hands on the knees, some hands on the hips. That's a position group I'm looking at. I'm also curious to see what's going to be or what's going to happen with the wide receivers. Are we going to see some new faces in there? Are we going to see some some changes? Yeah, I'm curious. I don't know. Maybe not, but I'm just curious to see if there we'll see more Camden Brown, if we'll see more uh, Omar Kelly. I think the answer is yes, Jeffrey. I feel pretty confident in that. Okay. The reason is because it's like, Every single week, he has a new. Yes. Yeah. So, so uh, I, I'll just tell you how we did it when I was in college. It, you call it like you have eleven personnel, ten personnel, twelve personnel. This is basically how many tight ends you have on the field is the one, two, three, right? When you're in eleven or ten personnel, that's four receivers or three receivers, and they call it one eleven, two eleven. That's your first group or your second group. I know Jake Thornton does that. I watched him do it. He's the one that kind of calls out that number, 111, 111. I don't know how they call it, but they've changed that first group every week. That one is different every week. 
I've noticed. Because I'll watch them hold up the number one, and a different group runs out every single week. So that means they're changing it up every week to whoever had the best week at practice, probably. Or, hey, gave that guy a shot last week. He failed me. Going with someone else. So you're saying the 111 will be the offensive line unit? No. The running back and tight end? This is your skill personnel package is the way we did it. Okay. Offensive line looks solidified. I'd say they're doing the 111. This is when you see like a whole group of receivers switch out. Oh, I see. So, so, so the first number would be your group of receivers. Yeah, that's the first number one. And if you say two, 11, that's 11 personnel, but it's your second group. Oh, okay. I got you. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I don't know if they do it that way. That's just how we did it. My point is when he's holding up the one, I see a different group go out every week. And that's the number one group. So that's nothing that's solidified. That's telling to me. He's he's changing that first group around a lot. He really being who? It's got to be Freeze or Marcus Davis. Yeah, he changed the wide receiver group up. I hear you. When you said Jake Thornton, I was thinking offensive line. The only one I've seen go out there consistently is Jay Fair. Jay Fair. He's always the one. Yeah. Leading receiver on the team right now. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The list of uh, Malcolm Johnson. Yeah, Malcolm Johnson. They gave him a couple opportunities. and uh, He's questionable for set for... For the LSU game, he's he's yeah. questionable. Oh, he had his head. Isn't he? I, look, Malcolm Johnson. I don't. My my opinion. Malcolm Johnson hadn't done hadn't done anything in his career at Auburn, and the fact that he's out there getting multiple targets downfield against Georgia, like in that kind of game, that's just not good to me. Like I I just that that that's I mean he dropped I mean he dropped them both both of them hit his hands. I, I don't. Mm, that's I don't big know, plays man. too. That's kind big of my point, Justin. They they're trying anything. They're throwing the kitchen sink out there. But I'm wondering, is it too late? Like, one of the things I brought up in the 3-2-1 on Sunday was, has he, I don't want to say lost faith, but has, he, has Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery reached a point five games in, and are they going, okay, like, we're not abandoning anything, but we're not going to be the, pa- the kind of passing team that I would like to be. We're not. We don't have the receivers to do it. We got protection issues on top of that. We got a quarterback that's not keeping his eyes downfield on top of that. So we're not going to get there. So we're going to run the ball 68% of the time. I'm going to toss Jay Fair, Javaris Johnson, who should play against LSU. We'll see. I'm going to toss those two out there. I'm going to toss Rivaldo out there. And that's really it. I mean, like I almost wonder five games in if it's if there's not going to be an opportunity for Camden Brown or Amari Kelly to rise up because they've already made the decision that, we're not going to depend on the pass. That's just not going to happen. We're we're dialing it back on the pass. We're going to run the ball. And I just don't know how many opportunities there's going to be for receivers to emerge from here on out, unless they can go in there on their one or two plays and make a big critical third down and shine. It, it's going to be – I think the opportunities are going to be few and far between for receivers here on out outside of Jay Fair and Rivaldo Fairweather. You, think, you, you remember the game plan against Cal where they threw it – down the field, maybe twice. Yeah, I wonder if that's what, what we're going to see something similar to that Baton Rouge. I don't think so. I hope not. Uh, here's the thing: I think they're smart you're enough gonna to be tempted because LSU's so bad. You're you're going to be tempted to do okay. that. Well, they here, here's the thing: they know the limitations. Yeah, I watched them. I watched them tiptoe and dance around their limitations in the first half of the Georgia game. Yeah, they hung in there because defense played well. And because the running and, and the offensive line was blowing people off the ball. I mean, not to exaggerate here, but they were. And if you can do that against Georgia, you can do it against anybody. So, yes, you have the running game to fall back on. But when they got into the nitty-gritty, what they start doing? They start throwing the back shoulders and the deep balls. Because guess what? That's how you win football games. You can't sit there and run the ball all the time. Tried to explain this to Honk if you coach for Bama on the board, who I love, by the way. Gave him a how about you yesterday. Call out a subscriber, Cole. Yes, me and him. Oh, look, I gave him a how about you yesterday. Give him a how about you. 
Uh, we we talked it out on the board. We're all good. Anyway, he he thinks you know. Let's just go back to the Robbie Ashford running offense we had last. Auburn wasn't winning with that. You, you can't, can't win. Hugh Freeze, with Hugh Freeze literally said Monday, "You can't win big games if you aren't balanced." He said it out loud. You can't win big games if you aren't balanced. That's the exact absolute truth. You can maybe go to Vandy and win. That's fine. You're not beating LSU, Ole Miss, Bama, Georgia, A and M. Not beating those teams by running the ball seventy percent. Well, you did it last year because A and M sucked. Fine. But they're a different team this year. You're not winning big games throwing the ball for 80 yards. It, it right. just, you'd have to have a whole slew of things go your way for that to turn out, and it's just highly unlikely on average. People still don't get that, though, evidenced by uh, – uh. <laughs> He's not the only one. He, he just – I think he's sort of made it a joke at this point, and I, I, I think it's funny, and we're, we're cool. But that's the thing. I, I just – you can't win that way. Hugh Freeze knows it. I know that, and it's, there's evidence, there's proof that he knows it because he went there in the second half against Georgia. He knew, all right, this game's slipping away from me. we got to start doing stuff that we know can win this game, whether you can execute it or not. Go, You're going to have to go figure it out because we got to win this game. And they couldn't. Yeah, because playing it safe, and I've said this, you know, playing it safe is the most dangerous thing you can do sometimes. That is the most detrimental thing you can do sometimes. And they know that. I mean, he's he's done this. This ain't his first radio either. I mean, he, he knows how it works. But if at some point, even if you don't have the personnel, you got to push the envelope or you're not going to win these football games. I think Gus might have struggled with that some. I would agree with that 100%. Which is why people got tired of it because it's like yes. you, you, will never, you will never take the chances you need to take. Whether it works or not. Right. You're just not going to take them. And that's... You know, that, that just doesn't fit at Auburn, I don't think. Yeah, Gus was just such a – he was such a sporadic play caller that it drove people insane. Listening to Hugh Freeze on Wednesday, by the way, talk about what makes a good play caller was really interesting. Talked about – I think some guys can create good game plans, but maybe they can't call a game. And some guys can call a game instinctually, but maybe they're not best at putting a, a, a game plan on paper. And it just made me think of Gus. Like, I think Gus is such a smart – offensive guy a bunch of concepts but man play calling would be he'd have some games where he was on but but man he'd have some games that he was just off and it made you just wonder it what what the world was going through his head half the time calling plays um i don't know i think Hugh's a brilliant play caller i think so too Philip montgomery i give him some credit i mean he I think he's really calling the plays. I think Freeze has had a little more input here lately, but as far as calling the plays, see, that happens a lot where you, you, you see the influence from the head coach and go, well, he's calling the plays. That's not necessarily the case. Probably in the meeting that week he said, all right, I want this stuff on third down. I want this stuff on this situation. And then Montgomery goes out there and calls it to, to his you know, style. And that's probably what's happening. And I think Montgomery's calling the plays. Right. For the most, I would, yeah, I would agree. I would say Montgomery's still the primary play caller. I think where Hugh got more involved last week was, was making sure that there was not one play on that sheet going into the Georgia game that he didn't approve. That he didn't say, okay, I'm fine with that play. I think we can execute that play. We've got the personnel. We've coached that play. I'm comfortable with you calling that play. I think he probably checked off every play on the sheet that was available to call against Georgia. I don't think he had done that previous weeks. And so Montgomery might go to some plays and he's going. So in other words, I think I think at that point, I don't think Hugh can have really a gripe except for maybe a timing of a play. Um, yeah. I think Hugh's more involved. He's probably chiming in a little bit more. Um, but I would say Phillips, Phillips probably still the primary primary play caller to this point. But I would say Hugh's, Hugh's involvement really ratcheted up in terms of okay in every single play going into the game, which is the big thing he talked about in the off week. Like, they went through and they figured out what plays what plays do they not have the talent to run, they're gone. And then if they haven't run them well, but they do have the talent, well, then we got to coach it better. And trying to trying to weed some of that stuff out, create a, create a more efficient playbook so that you know what's in that playbook. You, you know, at the minimum, we've got the talent to run it. Now we got to coach it better and make sure they're prepared to do it. But I think I think maybe they had some stuff in there that after five games you go, 
Okay, I just don't think we have the personnel to do some of this stuff right now. So take it out. I'm not yeah. doing it anymore. Yeah, I agree with that. But at the same time, you know the things that can help you win. So you can't you can't just scrap everything, right? <laughs> you have to pick and choose here. And if you don't have the personnel, that's you know part of being first year head coach after you raided the portal and did everything you could to get depth and players, right? Mm. Yeah. Kind of bummed about – I mean, I, it's hard to not be a little disappointed with, with Jair Shorter and Shane Hooks. I mean, Shorter's still maybe a little hobbled, but you know, maybe he's not – you know, he had those injuries in the past. But, man, those are two transfer receivers that you brought in that had that had some some good resumes. And, uh, and you know, Hooks had a great – didn't he, he – Great UMass game. Um, who? Yeah, where, where you're coming out? Yeah, where you're coming out of the UMass game? Going, oh, okay. Now I see what they saw in this Hooks guy, this Hollywood Hooks guy. Like this guy's going to yeah. be the go-to guy. That's exactly what I thought after that UMass game. Hooks was going to be the go-to guy. He established himself there, and then he disappeared. Yeah, yeah. I think Freeze made a really good point too. He said you can look around at the best offenses in college football and. Yeah, guys are creating separation, but not every play. At some point, you got to catch some contested balls. Yeah, you have to. And they did against Georgia. I mean, time and time again. Right. Malcolm Johnson, Jay Fair, even throw Rivaldo in there. He yep. dropped one time and time again. Receivers did not catch balls against Georgia. Make a play, and they didn't. That's right. That's so I don't know, man. Kind of the bottom that's, line. That's, yeah. that's been a just a disappointing. You thought I thought those two guys were going to be. A huge part. Even after Sanford, I'm like, okay, Auburn's got weapons here. They just got to develop them. Yeah. I really, I think I wrote like after you met or after Sanford, I'm like, okay, Auburn's got weapons. They just they got to figure some things out. But there's guys there that can make plays. And now I guess I was wrong. I mean, I I don't no, know. I, don't, I mean, I don't I, two games in a row, I I don't. They're not. They didn't. They haven't made plays. I, I, don't I think now I have doubts about if they're playmakers or not. I don't, I don't think you're wrong about that. I think Rivaldo Fairweather is a guy you can rely on. I think uh, Jay Fair at times is a guy. Uh, it just depends on how you use him, and that's I think what, what Hugh Freeze was trying to say. We, it's on us sometimes, you know. We, we don't. We maybe didn't have him in the best chance to succeed. That's kind of what I was saying about Peyton Thorne. Maybe in the future, Freeze goes, "All right, Peyton Thorne's not exactly the guy we want here. Yeah, he's, he can be a good quarterback. We know how he can be a good quarterback, but maybe that's not how we want to tailor the offense." Because you have to get him in perfect situations. He's not a guy that's going to get out of the pocket and create things. He's not a guy that's going to do that for you, really. He stands in the pocket and he throws the ball. And he can run, you know. But he's not a extender of a play. He's not that kind of guy. So do you need more of that? You look back at his quarterbacks. Jaden, I mean, um, excuse me, uh, what's his name? That was at uh, Ole Miss. Bo Wallace? Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly. Was definitely an innovator. Uh, Bo Wallace, he wasn't really, and they struggled with him at first. They finally got him going. Malik Willis, he could do it. So, the, you know, maybe Hugh Freeze goes, all right, this is not the type of quarterback I need for this, that I'm having to change so much to get him where I need to get him. That's part of recruiting and part of figuring out what you want. You didn't have much time. You had to make a pretty quick decision on, on who you wanted at quarterback or you were going to be stuck in a pretty tough situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without going, we're, yeah, we don't have to revisit that. But yes, I think yeah, you, you had to make a decision at some point at quarterback. You had to bring somebody in, and, and he did. He didn't want uh, the Sanders kid, Spencer. That's true. He, he had. I think shot. he was nicked up, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. They were concerned up? about his shoulder. They yeah, were concerned about his shoulder, and they passed on him. Um, Understandably, yeah, definitely. Casey Thompson was the other one. He's out for the year right now. He he had a really bad injury. Oh well. I, I told somebody, I said, well, look, he knows what he's looking for in a quarterback because if you look out there at some of the guys that he w- was interested in, Riley Leonard Baller. Yeah. Like, Grace you know, McCall. I mean, Grace McCall's good. And who, who, there's another one I'm forgetting. Um, but. Oh, the, uh, the, uh, um, uh, kid from Kentucky? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Devin Leary. Yeah. Leary. Well, he, he, but he, he struggled against Georgia, but he's got good arm talent. He's pretty good. He's a good player. Um, I think for Freeze's offense, I think for, for what he really wants to open it up and do, he needs more of an innovator. 
And I think that's why people are frustrated with Peyton Thorne and he gets a lot of blame is because he's not that guy. And he's in an offense where it's trying to make him do that. He didn't do that at Michigan State. He was a drop back guy all the time. Cole, uh, speaking of which, do you see Walker White as that guy? Yeah, 100%. Me too. He's definitely that guy. He's yeah, kind of if, a. If anything, he's that guy because he's really, I mean, you look at his completion percentage and it doesn't look great on, on the high school level. You expect it to be a little higher. But a lot of what he does is innovate. So, you know, that's, that's exactly what when, – when you were talking about that, I was thinking Walker White is exactly – he's like a uh, – I wouldn't say Bo Nix. I would say more uh, – did you say Jarrett Sidham one time? Wasn't that a great comparison for Walker, Walker White? Um, or was that Peyton Thorne? That was Peyton Thorne. Okay. If you're just trying to find somebody in Auburn to compare him to. You know uh, who he reminds me of? K.J. Jefferson yeah. might be a pretty good – Comparison for Walker okay. White. Well, I, and I probably shouldn't say this. I'm gonna. I, I gotta say this with a caveat. I'm not. This is not a direct comparison. I'm not saying Walker is gonna have the career of this person. Tim Tebow. Okay. Yes. <laughs> what you talk to Walker, it's almost exactly like how Tim Tebow conducted his interview. Yeah, on the, the kind of per, not just the kind of person, but just the kind of pl- big, physical, well-built kid. Yep. Good arm can run. He's not necessarily the most polished passer, yeah, but like right. can get things done. There's just a lot of Tim Tebow to me. There's a lot of comparisons there, and, and I've been hesitant to say that because I can already see the comments. <laughs> I can't believe you think he's Tim Tebow. You know, you think he's going to win the Heisman? Cole actually told me that off the air, everybody. So that's really he. He gets the heat of. I think you've said that before, or somebody has. I've said it. I've hesitantly said it. Okay. Yeah. Just exactly like Justin just did. Like, don't give me. I'm not saying yeah. he's the Heisman. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. he's. But he has a lot of similarities. Is Tim Tebow yeah. one of the greatest five college football players of all time? Absolutely. In oh, my opinion, yeah. Yeah. Is he in the is he in the, the conversation for number one? I think he. I think what I like about him is that he breaks the mold. Like, there's this mold, right? He's got to be the perfect arm. He's got to have the perfect everything, and he just was kind of. Rough around the edges, and he still yeah. made it happen. I thought Johnny Manziel was the exact same way. You know, even Cam Newton to an extent. The guys that just found a way to make it happen. And I think there's always, you know, a place for people like that. Um. All right, let's do predictions real quick and get out of here. Um. Who wants to Who wants to start? 30, 30. I'll, I'll I'll start real quick. I'll say I think LSU wins. I think. I think maybe a, gosh, I don't know, 31. I think I think 31 is a good number for LSU. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe Auburn could get to 20 or 23. I'm not sure. This is like a 31-27. I don't I don't feel good yet about saying Auburn's going to get close to 30 on the road. They've just been so bad. They were so bad at A&M. So I I think maybe 31 to 20, LSU. Okay. Okay. okay, I'm pretty similar there. I've got 35-24. That'd be right on the numbers, I think. I, I, I'm i going to push it a little more. I, I'm going to go – LSU's going to score 38, and I think Auburn's going to get in the 30s this week. I'm going to go 34. 38-34? That'd be a hell of a game. Once again, though, I will say oh, I think Auburn covers the 11, which – that was a big thing last when we talked about the Georgia game. Would Auburn cover that fourteen? And they did. They covered. They did. So yeah, I got I Auburn right covering LSU. They're covering the eleven points. And yeah. I think the, if the over under sixty one, I take the over. Sixty one. I've got it at fifty. The caveat is if Auburn can force two turnovers, I think that they can get twenty four plus. I think they can push twenty seven, twenty eight points if they can get a couple turnovers. I just can't predict that because. Um, I don't know. I, I just can't quite. They've been doing a pretty good job of it. Um, but Jay Daniels is really good with the football and will tuck it and run it versus forcing a throw. And I think it becomes a little bit difficult. But yeah, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna change mine because I don't want to sit at a push on the line. I'm going to say thirty-eight twenty-four. Ooh. All right, if I do the same, because I did the same thing. I did 31-20, which is 11, which is the line. So I would change it to maybe 31-21. Okay. 
just change it like that. So Justin and I, Justin and Cole are taking the points. Y'all are going to give the points, actually. Yeah, yeah. Right on that number. Yeah. I'm right. taking LSU minus 11. Y'all are taking Auburn plus 11. Auburn plus 11 and the over. And I just changed to the over. And Justin is at the under. Okay. I think it'll be a fun, fun environment. I'm heading down. Should be good. Last time I was in Baton Rouge was 2013, which was that rain game that Auburn had the good second half. Um, but man, it's going to be rowdy. They haven't, they haven't played there in three weeks. So Ooh. they're going to be, they had two straight road games. So they're going to be, they're going to be ready to go. They're going to be ready to go on Saturday night. Well, let's go. Let's go. Um, all right. Appreciate it. Everybody go to AuburnLive.com, subscribe. We're still doing the $1 for a month, so go do that. $1 gets you a month of access. That's a no-brainer. Go check out all the great recruiting coverage from Cole and Jeffrey, and we'll have football coverage as well. Basketball heating up. Basketball pro day um, going on. We'll have to watch a little bit of that. But basketball is getting going. Practice. I mean, shoot, they play Baylor in a month, basketball. So, Dang. Um, or less than a month now. So. Everything going on at AuburnLive.com. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, turn on notifications, all that good stuff, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gamblernet in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.